Today, we are going to be talking about hiring, firing, and how to actually go about finding A players on your team. So my name is Lauren Tickner. I'm joined with Noor Baraj, who is the COO of Impact School. I'm CEO. And Noor has actually interviewed more than 50 people in the last week. So do you first want to go through, Noor, how you decide what it is that you need to hire for and exactly what you were looking out for in hiring these people recently? Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing that you have to do as a business owner, if if you were the individual who's kind of in charge of hiring, or it could be someone in my position, could be COO or someone if you have an HR department, could even be them, is figure out what does the business need right now? So where are the gaps? Identify where those gaps are. And the most important thing to bear in mind when doing that is to do it objectively. So what I mean by that is ensure that you leave any individuals, any people that you may already be thinking, oh, you know, it'd be really great to hire this person, leave them out, figure out what you need, what your business needs aside from that. And that's super, super important because we've made this mistake various times over the last couple of years thinking, oh, we, we quite like this person. We're quite attached to this person. Let's kind of create a mold of a role for this person to kind of jump into and that's that's where you can go very 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 wrong because you're prioritizing individuals over what your company actually needs and what's going to get you what's going to allow you to grow and move forwards yeah i remember recently we needed someone on our marketing team and this person had been a friend of mine for years and years and so we decided to bring him on to the team um, and make this kind of like brand role for him and this guy is great. Like he's a genius. He's super, super smart. But we were essentially creating a role for the person rather than thinking, okay, what does my business need right now? And then how can I fill that and ensure that the company gets what it needs? And one of the other things that I've said to Noel in the past is like, I'm being selfish right now because I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not doing what the company needs me to do. And so that's where sometimes as well as the business owner, you have to get really, really honest because it's like, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So you have to realize those things as well. So once you've identified, you know, that first partner, um, let's take our recent hiring process as an example while we were hiring for sales. So I know in the future, we're going to do an episode of Impact Schools podcast, whereby we literally break down the exact sales team hiring process. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed, then make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or Spotify or podcast app or whatever platform you use. We're available everywhere. Just type in Impact School. Um, but yeah, and also after that, the next phase is a phase that I always used to skip. And this is why I personally don't take control of the hiring anymore, because if I hire, then it just all ends up being total chaos. So after you decided what does this company need right now, then what's your next step? So next step post figuring out, okay, we need this position filled and this is what this position looks. You have to be super, super clear as to what that position looks like. So what type of person in terms of characteristics, mindset, skill set, et cetera, will do well in this, in this role. Next step is to go out and actually find that person. So I'm gonna get into kind of the kind of steps that we go through briefly because this is going to change and there'll be slight modifications depending on what area um, you're looking to hire in. So if you're looking to hire a marketer versus someone in sales, like the hiring process is going to differ slightly. Um, but essentially every 
kind of hiring sprint. I think I called it that the other day and I was like, I kind of like that. Let's go with that. Every sort of hiring sprint, hiring process that I undertake has two kind of integral components. The first one is a cultural fit, cultural assessment. Does this person fit in with our culture at Impact School? Do they match our values, our mission? Are they passionate about where we want to get to as a company? And then the second one is, are they skilled? So do they have the necessary skill set that they need in order to fulfill this job and get us closer to where we want to get to? Yeah, and it's interesting because I think I, in the past, when I was the one managing hiring, I used to look for people who are hungry and who I could see were quite entrepreneurial and I felt like they had a lot of potential. And I guess that's because I was ultimately mirroring what I saw in myself as someone who's hungry with a big vision, you know, we always give it my effort times 100. And what was really interesting was when Noor took over the hiring process at Impact School is that she was going about it in a totally different way. And I think this is why it's really powerful to have someone that's your opposite on your team who then takes care of things that you might not necessarily want to take care of or that you might think you're good at taking care of when really you just have a total blind spot. And so this is actually one of the things that we also help our clients at Impact School with a lot is bringing on that operations manager or eventually that COO role so that then if I, for example, want to hire, like I'm just going to be looking for people who I think I can train really, really well. When really what Noor did over a year ago is she went out and she took various different coaches. Some of these people have been coaching, I'm pretty sure for like longer than I've been alive. And she took them through this five-part hiring process or something. And then that's when we learned that hiring people that are very, very skilled in that area will create solutions, which you as the business owner or the management or the leadership team didn't necessarily see. And until that moment, like, I think we were just looking in the same pond and we were always fishing from just the group of network that we had already known about and that I, you know, had followed me on social media or whatever. And so until we really, really got real, you know, with what actually are our values and Nora and I were having a conversation a couple of weeks back and she said to me, like, look at our coaching team. Everyone that works at Impact School that serves our clients, they live and breathe this. Like, I'll get on a, Noor said to me, she's like, I'll get on a call with AC and Lara and Anthony, and they'll be talking about all of the coaching books they've been reading and all the books about sales and all the books about management, et cetera, et cetera. And that's exactly what we wanted on our team. So having, and being the business owner and having a clear direction on the vision of the company, the future of the company and the values that your company needs to have. It really has to be an integral part of the hiring process. And so that's kind of what I get involved with. And then at that point, I leave it over to Noor. So Noor, what's the next step? So um, to kind of go back, you need to figure out where you're going to go to kind of, to kind of advertise um, this job. So I've recently become a massive fan of LinkedIn and we've um, had enormous success on there. It's super, super easy to do. I think it takes like, five, 10 minutes to set up a job um, ad on LinkedIn and it, possibilities on LinkedIn are endless. Everyone is on there, like a load of people who are looking for actively looking for work are on LinkedIn as well. And it's nice because when people apply, you can have a look at their profile and see essentially their CV, like their experience level, like what they've been doing, are they currently working, et cetera. So first step is to put a job ad out on whatever channel you want to do that, whether it's emailing your list, going on Indeed jobs, 
LinkedIn. I'm, I, I would recommend starting with LinkedIn and then seeing how, how you get on there because that's something that we have been doing recently. And like I said, it's worked really, really, really well. And it's quite low maintenance in terms of setting everything up. Next, you want to um, move to an application form. So initially when someone applies for this job, what you will do is you'll have a look at their, um, their, the, the information that they've filled out. Um, and I would recommend that not being too extensive kind of at the get-go because it's your time that you're going to have to put into reading a ton of information very early on. And if you have, let's say, 60 applicants, everyone fills out an extensive form. That's 60 applications you have to go through. So initial kind of application is quite short. It's just um, CV, motivational letter, limit that to like 255 100 words so it's very very quick and easy for you to get through and then you have to filter so you go through all of that information and you basically decide at that point like is this person going to carry on onto the next stage or not the way that I do that is is quite simple at this stage I'm looking for people who have experience because like Lauren was saying we have hired people who have no experience in the past with the intention of training them. However, with where we are at personally, this may be different for you, but where we're at right now, we don't have time to put into training someone up in order for us to kind of continue moving forwards. We are looking for the best of the best. So that's essentially what I'm looking for at that point. Once I've selected who I'm going to be moving on to Point number two, phase number two, um, I will send them more of an extensive application form. So congratulations, you've made it through first round. Here is an application form where I ask more specific questions, again, to test, are they skilled? Do they have experience? But also, are they aligned with Impact School, where we're trying to go, what we are trying to do, who we are as a company? So questions like, what, is your, what are your income goals, for instance, is a really good question for us to personally ask, particularly when hiring for sales, um, less so when hiring for you know, a position outside of the sales team maybe, but for sales, that's a really good question to ask. Um, why Impact School? Why is it that you wanna come and work for us? How long have you been following Impact School? Do they have an idea about what we do, about the products that we put out there um, to our um, prospects? So, those are kind of a little sneak preview of, of the questions that I ask. I'm not going to get too much into it because Lauren and I both agreed we wanted to make this concise and we will get into it at later stages. Um, so if, like Lauren said, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe because those episodes will be coming very, very, very soon. Post um, that application process, I then move to another, I move to an interview. So this is where I get on the phone. It's no longer than... 15 minutes, I'd say like 15, 20 minutes. If I'm really enjoying it and I want to get more out of them, I'll push to 20 minutes. I block it out on my calendar for I think 25 minutes. So I send that out, have people book on, and that is strictly me seeing, do I like this person? Is this person, do I think that this person is going to do well inside of Impact School? Are existing team members going to enjoy talking to this person? communicating, interacting with this person? Am I going to enjoy interacting with this person? Is Lauren? And that's different. Like, you know, sometimes that differs. Like I may get on with someone, but Lauren might not. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren's raised her hand. <laughs> yes, 
So I just wanted to share what's going through my mind, right? Because for any entrepreneurs like me out there who are pretty visionary and this operational stuff kind of sounds like hell, <laughs> for me, this feels really like a lot, okay? So the things that are going through my mind that I can resonate with the audience is like, well, if we're trying to hire for this role and I'm going to have to go through hundreds of applications and then I'm going to have to go through all these CVs, then these applications, then do all these interviews um, and then get to the next stages, which we haven't touched on yet. Well, isn't it just easier for me to just keep doing this job by myself? You know, in the position I'm in right now, yeah, I need kind of need to hire. Like it's not urgent. It's not pressing. So why don't I just keep doing it myself? Because this whole process seems like a lot. You're muted. <laughs> I would say um, the kind of short answer to that is that's all well and good now, but it's going to get to a point where <laughs> hiring is going to move from important to vital because you won't be able to continue moving forwards. And I think the reason that we are talking about this more and more so if you follow us across socials, hiring is something that we are speaking about to our audience more and more. It's because we've recently interacted with various, like multiple as in like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s um, of, of entrepreneurs, of founders, CEOs, directors who are in this position, who are kind of doing everything themselves, but they're stuck and they can't get past this stage they're like oh yeah you know revenue is kind of at a standstill and we're like okay cool like let's talk about that like what's going on oh you know like I'm doing this 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 they don't have systems there's no account there's no accountability they have like a few VAs but there's no way to know what those people are actually spending their time doing so essentially to answer Lauren's question this is important because it's going to allow you to grow and to grow faster and more efficiently and the hiring process doesn't have to be as extensive as ours at the moment. Obviously, like we've been doing this for a while, like Lauren has me and I take care of all hiring at Impact School. She doesn't have to do this. When she was hiring, her process looks slightly different. But I would I'm going to interrupt you now. Sorry to be rude, but I think the hiring process does need to be like this because think about everyone that I've ever hired. You're the only one that's been good. <laughs> no, really. But that's because you're very much a self-starter. And so I think what we're going through here is actually designed for people just like me, who are very entrepreneurial, who have big visions and who love, you know, helping clients and making money and serving their community. Because for people like me, this is really, really difficult. But I think taking it slow and doing it methodically in the phases that we're talking about here is V, it's vital. And so I just wanted to say as well, because um, I'm just thinking about some of our clients right now, who we actually give them the entire application form so then they can use it for themselves right and it's really nice because then they're able to kind of run with this and then not have the day-to-day -day of their business be interrupted and yep. one thing that came to my mind as you were saying all of that is before even putting people into your business a mistake that I think we had made years ago was not having a dashboard visible so that we did know what all of our new hires would be doing on a day-to-day -day basis and having the KPIs that we want those people striving towards, the KPIs are key performance indicators. Because for example, now when our clients come in and we give them their entire company home in our lead and scale program, right? Like they know that they can hire and put people into their business with confidence. 
So I just wanted to share that as well, because for me, that was always like very, very blurry. And I just thought like I could trust people that they would get on with what they needed to do. Just because if I were in that role, I would have done that. But not everybody is like that. And this is where knowing your company values are really powerful. And so we know that we want people that live and breathe what they do. But if you're happy to have people in your team, and I'm, this is totally cool if that's what you want. If you're happy to have people that say this is a job, then just be aware that like, you know, they're going to need a bit more accountability because one of our other core values is self-accountability. And so from that angle, we know that our team are self-starters, but we still have the dashboards to monitor everything. So I just wanted to share that with you now. So after the application, um, what do you go for next? So um, interview, um, I think I briefly mentioned that. So interview, check to see would they fit in? Um, would they do well here? Are we aligned? And then um, that for me is, is very, very easy. And this was really interesting because I had a conversation with a client. It wasn't a client. It was someone um, at the event that we were at a few weeks ago. And they were asking me about how, how I figure that out. Like, how, do you, how can you tell if someone is going to do well inside of the company? And like, I gave an answer that I was really not happy with. So I went back, like when, when we left the event, I was like, I need to systematize this because this answer was not good. Essentially, the answer that I gave was it's a gut feeling. And Lauren always says this across every social media channel, if nor got hit by a bus. So I was wondering if I get hit by a bus, they can't replicate my gut feeling and that's problematic. So I created a process whereby um, we, we give that to clients now. So a process whereby you kind of ask certain things to figure out, does this person match certain values that are important to us? So we have three core values, but that kind of make up the bulk of like who we are, like, and that is something that we, you see, like if you just spend an hour inside of Impact School, you will see those three values. But there are other things that I look for when I'm speaking to people, um, on the phone to determine, you know, is this going to is this going to work long term? Um, so that's kind of the first initial point of contact with myself on the phone. Um, after that, we moved to what I call a skills check. So, can they? This looks great on paper. You know, if they made it this far, it's because they have experience. They've done impressive things. They um clearly you know on paper look like they could do well in this role but like let's put that to the test and see what that's like in practice so that's essentially what the skills check is now for a sales um position this could be um getting on the phone with an existing i don't know sales manager myself someone else from the team um to do some objection handling for instance it could be giving them um snippet of a kind of back and forth with a client and seeing how they respond to what the prospect, sorry, the prospect has said. So various different um, roles will have different ways to like test um, skills. So like if you are hiring a copywriter, have a look at their copy, give them a, you know, sample um, piece to kind of write, challenge them, see what they can do within a, can, within a time frame. This is really important as well. So skills check will always take place over quite an intense time period. So they'll have 20 minutes to like do X task. Usually they won't be able to finish, but we'd like to see, you know, how, how much can we push these people? Are they willing to kind of go the extra mile? Are they willing to like get it done irrespective of what it takes? And that's another thing that's really important because 
often in this space, um, things move very, very, very quickly. And we need people on board who can get on board with that and not freak out. It's not for everyone. And I always say that I'm like, it's not for everyone, but um, the people that thrive really thrive in that environment. Um, and then after the skills check, it's another interview typically depending on the role, I'll pull Lauren into this. So like if it's a head of department position, she'll always be involved. If it's someone who's going to lead, someone who's going to manage, um, Lauren will be involved and will be asked to kind of come in and um, essentially again, gauge is this person going to be a nightmare to speak to? Are we gonna hate our lives because they are just not fun? Um, or yes, you know, I'm really happy. Let's let's um, make this person an offer. So that kind of end point is myself and Lauren. Um, if it is not for a kind of leadership or managerial position, then I typically Lauren doesn't need to be involved. If it's for a coaching position, for instance, it would be myself and our head of client success that do that final interview. Um, Lauren doesn't really need to be involved. She won't have much contact with a coach because the coach will report to head of client success and the head of client success will report to me. Um, so that's, sorry, go on. I was just going to say then if it's like a social media person, I'll want to speak to that person because like they'll be editing all my content and I need to trust that they'll be able to edit things. Maybe that like, you know, if I burp or something when I'm recording, well, they're going to edit that out. Right. And they need to be someone that I can have banter with because yeah. they'll be, they'll be, I'll be talking to them myself because we don't have like a CMO that manages my personal brand separate from anything else. It just doesn't make sense to do that. So I will be speaking to that person. So I need to make sure that it's someone that I actually enjoy working with. And also that I know is skilled because there are some areas where I'm just uniquely more skilled than others, such as like also copywriting, social media, more of like the marketing stuff and sales stuff. And so I know what we need on that side of things. And so then I can kind of filter things at the final minute and if I see that this salesperson looks great in person, like it, look, it looks great so far and they're very ethical and they're, they're good. But then if I think, I just don't think they're particularly hungry, then I'll be able to support that at that final point. Because I know, for example, if they get afraid when they're talking to me and they get nervous and shy, then they're no way going to be able to cope with some of our prospects. Because some of our prospects are gigantic, like very, very well-known influencers. And so if they get afraid talking to me, they're not going to handle speaking to people with like 10, I don't know, we had one client, like he has like 10 million subscribers on YouTube, you know? And so if they can't talk to him, if they can't talk to me, they can't talk to him. And one other thing I was going to say, Noor, was, because I know I mentioned this to you, because this, this will probably happen to our clients as well. So as you scale your company and as you've got more people on your team and as various different people are hiring in their different departments, what might end up happening is the potential hires might start following up with the business owner on social media. And so what we had to do is make sure that Noor had a very specific bounce back email on her email to give them an expectation as to how long it was going to take for them to hear back from her. Because I was getting like dozens of messages a day. Noor was also getting like 27 message requests. So saying like, I applied for the job, like I'm, I, I need to hear back from you guys. So we put a bounce back email on so that when someone applies for it, then it's telling them like, yeah, just give us like five or six days. The volume has been really high, blah, blah, blah. Something like this. What did your bounce, bounce back say, No, It's essentially like um, due to our current hiring sprint, 
we like I am personally receiving a very heavy influx <laughs> of emails on a day-to-day -day basis. So there's like a massive backlog that I'm working through. Um, I will do the best to reply to you within, I can't remember what, what it was like three or four days or something like that. Um, so like, just stay tuned. I also had to put stuff on my Instagram because I'm not very good at checking like my personal DM requests because I just don't like, it's not something I'm quite old school. Like I love email. Um, so I had to put a thing on my, on my Instagram, just saying like, if you want to hear from me, like, you know, in terms of a position that you've applied to or whatever, like anything business related, please email me because I have 32 message requests that I just saw now. And some of them have been there for like six days. Um, so yeah. And don't call Noah baby gal because you're not going to get a job at the company if you do. Please refrain from starting email correspondence with, hey, baby girl, hey, babe, or hey, baby, because I won't reply and I won't give you a job, irrespective of your skills. <laughs> what on earth was going through this person's mind? I feel like we should get them to come on the podcast. I don't know, but I think he saw it on my social media because he then sent another email saying, aloha. And I'm just like, what happened to dear person? Oh dear. Well, hello well, person. It's, it's probably because you're a girl now. So, you know, it's okay. That's right? what I'm thinking. But uh, I wonder, we should ask our kind of male counterparts in the space. Do you guys get messages? Hey, babes. 100% <laughs> not. 100%. But anyway. Uh, hey, it's just, it makes it more fun. Anyway, anyway. So, okay. So next stage, they have another interview. Um, and then maybe like in the future, we should do a podcast episode about how we onboard new team members, because I think that that would be really vital for people to know as listeners of Impact School podcast. So you guys are making a very great decision by subscribing to us here. Now, by the way, um, we want to get into firing next, not. I wanted to say, if as a listener of this, you've enjoyed the conversation so far, then please it would be really, really nice if you could just tell a friend about the podcast, another entrepreneur, business owner, maybe even someone that's working within a fast growth company, because we really, really aim to put out good content that's going to serve you. We're not running any ads on this show. And so if you just tell a friend, that would be amazing. We're really getting back into the swing of things and recording a lot of content, really that we stuff that we do every single day to scale the business. And so not firing. Can you share the story of the first time you fired someone? Oh, as I like, stay tuned, um, more to come. I love this. Okay. This is um, the first time I fired someone. Um, I'm trying to think like, if I remember where I was at the time, I don't really, I don't really remember where I was. Um, it's quite a traumatic memory. Um, the first time that I had to fire someone, I was, I was sitting in um, I was sitting in an ops position. So I was ops director. Um, I think this was back in 20, like early 2020, I believe, uh, right around uh, COVID time. And um, there was someone on the team who was not performing. Like there was no doubt in my mind that this person should not be at the company. They weren't performing. They weren't hitting target. They were quite a nightmare to work with, if I'm being frank. Um, 
like we had received, um, I had received feedback from other team members that like, oh, I don't really want to reach out to X person because they'll bite my head off, which obviously is a terrible, terrible um, like culture to kind of, not culture, but like environment to have. Um, and virtually, like, because we, we are completely online, it's not like you can avoid speaking to people. Like you have to, you know, at the office, you can just go, oh, I'm not really gonna go near that person. But when we're completely online, like communication is everything, you have to be communicating with your team members. So I remember Lauren and myself um, having a conversation about this person. And I remember Lauren saying, um, okay, like just, you know, we have to let them go. And I was like, yeah, we do. Lauren was like, okay, off you go. And I was like, me? Uh, I have to let them go. Um, and like disclaimer, um, I was still very, very new to this role, to what this entailed. Like I come from, I came from quite a heavy academic background and like corporate scene. So in my head firing, when you've just taken over a position, like that's not something that really happens unless you're taking over like, I don't know, some high level position, but that's not how I saw myself. And that's not how I saw the role at the time. So for me, this was very like quite a shock. Um, so anyways, I was like, do you know what? It's gonna be one of those like horrible things that you have to do, but like, it's always a learning opportunity. And that's kind of how I saw it. Like I'll learn it, you know, it, it is the right decision. And I think that's what made it easier for me to get on board with like actually making that choice. Um, I was like, this is the right business decision. It just kind of sucks because it's quite a shit position to be in. Um, so anyways, had the conversation with the person, kept it very professional. It wasn't a surprise. You know, when people aren't performing, they know they're not performing. They're not sitting there going, I'm amazing at my job. Everything is, you know, perfect. Um, and I remember I got off that call and I just broke into tears. And I don't know if I, sh I don't think I shared that with you till like after, like a few months later when we kind of spoke about my role and stuff. Um, but I remember like just breaking down into tears and being like, oh, that was, it wasn't that it was horrible. I think it was just like the stress, the pressure, the responsibility as well of like being in a position where I can make these like life altering decisions as to like this person is no longer at this company like for me the magnitude of that was very very difficult to kind of carry so that was that was my my first time firing someone oh I don't actually remember mine but I think the really interesting thing is since then I think we've realized when you have a team of a players you're even more protective about the other team around them because if someone is like a rotten egg and everyone hates talking to them and this other person is just not pulling that weight, then everybody else around them is being victim of this person's lack of being a team member, essentially. And I used to think that, oh, well, you know, if, if they're not performing, we'll just keep training them and keep giving them more chances, et cetera, et cetera, because it feels really, really mean to fire people. but it's kind of like, you know, if it's one person is not performing, but then there's 20 other people or even one or two other people whose jobs are becoming like hell because of this person, then it's actually a disservice to the rest of the team, the clients, and then ultimately the vision of the company and the direction that you're going in. And 
these people that are no longer staying on your team, I think now what we do when firing people is, you know, they're, in fact, let's do our very next podcast episode, the full how to fire someone and not feel bad about it. Because I think that that will be really valuable for our listeners of Impact Schools podcast. But really, I mean, one of the topics that when I was speaking at the event that we were just at in Barcelona, it was just interesting because like, I think nowadays people are realizing the power of having A players on their team rather than just outsourcing everything to a third world country and just doing it on the dime, you know, and, and, and we've definitely learned that too. Mm-hmm. And so the A players, I think when there's, there's this great saying, and I think this is from the founder of Intel. And he says, when your vision is so big that other people's visions can fit inside of it, then they'll get excited to go in that direction. And I remember hearing this like two years ago and thinking, yeah, but you know, people, they always want something different or they always want this and they always want that. And the nature of what we do at Impact School, because we do serve entrepreneurs, is typically uh, team members, they often want to go and start their own business. And I was really looking into that and I was thinking, why does this keep happening? You know, why does everyone always want their own business? Same thing happened when I was a fitness coach, right? Like everyone that became my client, they all then suddenly wanted to become fitness coaches or anyone that ever ended up working for me, they always wanted to become an online fitness coach. And what I realized is that it's just because they wanted to replicate the model that I already had. So when as the business owner, you can actually essentially delegate what you already have to someone else so they can fulfill their dreams and you create your dreams to become bigger, then people get really excited about ultimately being able to come and fill the boots as it were. So that's pretty interesting. And A players, that's what they look for, right? But the same thing goes, you know, A players aren't the type of people that are just going to want to go and work for a basic company, doing a basic role, a company that isn't investing in their business, that isn't investing in their team. The ones that bring on the best talent are the ones that are investing in all of that. They're taking it seriously and they're ensuring that they have the right systems to allow the business to run smoothly so that then they don't have to get bogged up in all of the, part of my language, but all the bullshit grant work. And so this is a lesson that we've had too with amazing A players on our team, we've had to figure out how can we take them away from anything that's gonna distract them from staying in their zone of genius. And as a company, that's what we're investing in. And as a company, if you want those A players too, you've got to invest in that yourself. So that's what I wanted to add there. But yeah, next episode, no, let's definitely do that firing one. And um, I think there was another thing just regarding like when you are onboarding uh, new team members, um, I think, we kind of learned that the hard way when we would hire someone and just throw them in the deep end. So do you want to give like maybe a couple of examples of that and then kind of anything else that you think is going to be important? I think um, before when we would kind of bring on new team members, we were always looking for people who were kind of hungry and skilled. The degree of that has changed, like how skilled an individual needs to be in order to come and work here has changed. But before we were looking for people who, you know, could could do X, Y, Z, for instance, within a specific area of the business. But I would say like, this is kind of like a multifaceted issue. Like it kind of, if we look at kind of where we were a year and a half, two years ago, we were doing so many different things. So someone would come on and we'd throw them into a project and be like, go like, you know, do this. And then they would finish that and we'd be like, okay, we're going to do this now. Like, come on, come on, like, keep up, keep up. And so it was very, very kind of chaotic. And we didn't necessarily have um, a strict onboarding process for 
team members. And what, I'm, what I mean by a strict onboarding process is a process whereby they come in and they get first week, they're bombarded with information about who we are as a company, what our mission is, what our values are, where we're trying to go, who to go to for X, Y, Z, who not to go to for X, Y, Z. Um, who am I? Like, what my role is? Like, when to come and speak to me? Who is Lauren? Like, what her role is? What she does on a day-to-day -day basis? What I do on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, how to communicate with team members, like team calls, like communications cadence on team calls, outside of team calls, all this stuff. We didn't have something for all of this stuff. It was like, hey, welcome. This is how to use Slack. Team calls are these days at these times. Enjoy. Um, here is your first kind of project, like here is what to do. And now that doesn't exist. Like now we have um, proper project management channels. They have an individual, an individual task board that I have access to that whoever they directly report to has access to. So there's complete transparency over what everyone is doing. Um, they update that every single day. So there isn't a need for this incessant back and forth over what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Cause like, we know we have, total transparency. Um, deadlines are adhered to, that's something that's really important. And again, it's something that we bombard people with first week, two, three, that they're here. Like that's accountability, 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 total follow through, total follow through. Those are things that you, if you are on a call at Impact School, you will hear that at least once, I promise. <laughs> um, so that is absolutely integral because essentially what that means is when new people come into the business, everyone starts with this foundation. Like there is a common ground of like, we all, we all understand that this is the expectation and we have to meet it in order to stay here. And we didn't have that before. So I think onboarding is so important and it's part of that hiring process. Like you cannot hire, you cannot say that you have made a successful hire until you onboard that person successfully and fully and they are fully onboarded and integrated into your business and when things are chaotic inside your company a players are not going to want to stay they're going to leave they're going to be frustrated they're not going to enjoy working there and with a players they know they have so many other options and so you need to make damn sure that you're doing whatever it takes to make their work life enjoyable otherwise you're going to have to start firing people or they're just going to leave right which is even worse and so next next podcast as we said is all about how to fire ethically this is impact school podcast my name is lauren tickner at lauren tickner on social media nor's instagram is at nor v barrage you guys can find us there we'll leave that all in the description box of this episode and uh yeah next one next week is going to be how to fire ethically you're going to enjoy it and remember, if you enjoyed this, share it with a friend who has a business or who works in a fast growth company. And uh, yeah, that's all for today. Unless I forgot something, no? All good. Cool. All right, guys. We will see you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye.